And we're back, Creative Club Podcast. You're here with John Marsh. I hope you've had a great week so far. If you are a coach or creative business owner on the show, we teach you the key skills to attract dream clients in your business. Learn to love your sales and selling process and grow your business with confidence. Today, I have an interview with Ben Greenwood from Race Ready Off-Road Coaching. I've known Ben for a couple of years now, and he is a coach for off-road and motocross riders who are either recreational riders or racing, including all the way up to pro level. Ben specializes in strength and mobility programs, but also helps the riders with general health and well-being, lifestyle coaching, and basically helping them ride better, get better on the bike. And he's been growing this business for a couple of years. Now he has an international presence. Uh, He's built this thing entirely organically. And in the conversation today, we talk about how he got started as a coach. Uh, He was in a previous career before that. His early days, how he started to go online and use organic content marketing to build the business. And we also just pick up some of his lessons from his journey along the way. The business Ben has built now allows him to travel to races, uh, support his clients. Uh, He lives with his family in Victoria in Australia. He gets out on the bike a lot, basically gets to have the lifestyle that he wants. uh, And he's built this through uh, years of work and dedication and consistency. So tune into the show and there's a lot to be learned here for anyone who's looking to use organic content marketing to grow a coaching business or anyone who wants to grow an online coaching business really in any niche. A lot of the stuff that we covered applied. This conversation is from a live interview that we held inside of Creative Club. So Ben was streamed in and it also includes a couple of questions that we took on the back end as well. So those are also included in the conversation. That's it. Let's jump in. You're here with John Marsh, and this is the Creative Club Podcast. Today, we're talking with Ben Greenwood from Race Ready Off-Road Coaching. Yeah, so I was a tradie, um, like, most of my life till I was, like, 36. I'm 42 now, so it was when I was 36, in my middle 30s, that I decided that I, yeah, wanted to completely changed my career and become a coach. So um, that was a pretty big uh, challenge. Um, I, yeah, initially just started coaching people at home out of um, a little gym space I had at home. Um, And then that kind of evolved into combining the, the training with my previous passion of riding dirt bikes, which I'd done like since I was a kid. So I guess when I first started, like I honestly didn't even at the very, very beginning, I just wanted to become a coach and and help people get stronger and and healthier. So the, at the very, very beginning, the motorbike thing wasn't really part of the plan that kind of evolved as I sort of realized and learned more as a coach and and then like some of my friends who were riding dirt bikes started coming to get training off me and that kind of evolved and then i sort of realized that well there's like there's a pretty big gap here that um i could kind of take the coaching 
down and and provide that platform for guys that race dirt bikes so um the it was probably like two two or three years into coaching people from home that i started doing like online training for guys on the like the moto specific um, stuff did you just quickly did you when you went from full-time tradie because you would have had a decent income yeah. to coaching people was that a cold turkey switch was that like all right i'm just gonna go all in or did you ease off just what, what did that look like for you so yeah it definitely wasn't cold turkey um it was i, I was actually had a, an excavation business at that time so i sold all of the equipment and like cleared all our debts um and then just worked like as a as a subcontractor essentially so i was still like part-time um working as a subcontractor um but i didn't have all the overheads of the, the machines and and the debts etc so in that respect i could just kind of work um however many days i wanted um and then the other days i was yeah coaching people and working on building the business up so it definitely wasn't a cold turkey um yeah decision and like looking back i definitely could have done it a lot better than how i did do it and how it all but like everything like it's it's taught me a lot um through that process so it wasn't actually until like honestly until i met you john like at the start of um the start of covid when it actually the business actually got to a point where i didn't have to work another job mm -hmm. so that was like in 2020 and i started coach i started coaching people and having the, the gym in 2016 so it was like four years of like at times i was working three jobs um like two other part-time jobs and and the gym um and the online stuff at the same time <laughs> like and then when COVID came along that's when i sort of started working with you and that's when decided to because the gym had to be closed because of all the lockdown that we just went all in on the online side and since then it's it's really taken off and haven't had to work another job yeah and you've got a family just for content you've got a couple of a couple of boys and um, you got a bit going on there too that you're supporting all at once yeah for sure yeah i'm on the sole income for our family um so yeah wife and a couple of kids so obviously yeah that was a pretty big hurdle to get to that point where the the business was supporting us fully um yeah can you talk about um i think a lot of people have gone from face-to-face -face clients or they've got face-to-face -face work right now and they want to go online like they want to do they they either want to go exclusively online because they like the idea of the freedom and working from from wherever they want to be or they want to partner it up and create the online arm of the business whatever that looks like um whether that was spurred on by covid and that kind of stuff or it was something that they're already thinking about can you talk a little bit about your first uh your first entry to the online space and we'll see where we kind of go but um, basically what happens for a lot of people going face to face to online is, is like early traction in online with, with crossover clients, like who might come across from face to face. And then it can be difficult to get your head around building the online side. Could you just talk us through 
what that looked like for you when you had the first couple of clients online and you started to go, all right, I'm going to build something here. And how did you transition that and what was going on uh, sort of in your world at that time in the early stage? Yeah. So I guess initially the, the online side was really just to try and get some like increased revenue at the time. So obviously, like I said, I was working, um, another part-time job and the gym, like where I live is, is a small town. So there's only like 2000 people in the town that I live in. So opening a, a gym that's, um, and I guess, expecting to get a, a hundred clients is probably a fairly um <laughs> potentially unrealistic task in, in yak and dander so um so i guess it wasn't it was more just to try and increase the revenue um that i started doing the online stuff and obviously because i had the the history with race and dirt bikes and that was kind of my passion that was i guess the niche that i um niche down on with the online side um, I never really like tried to get any general pop online clients or anything like that. Like my, my online stuff's always just been for like niched for the guys that race. So initially that it just started with like a real basic, like a 12 week program. Um, it was just one product, like, uh, I think it was like $350 for, for 12 weeks. And it was just one program. Um, I think I had it, like I started off obviously with like one or two, but I got that up. Like it was not huge. It was like 10 clients or something like that initially. Um, so it was very slow at the beginning. Um, but I guess what that allowed me to kind of figure out was what or how to, I guess, build or what that, what the programming and the, and the back end of it, um, not should look like, but like, how that evolved because it has evolved massively over the, like the four, four or so years that I've been doing the online stuff. Um, it's completely different now how I deliver it and the structure of it compared to what it was then. Um, but yeah, again, like it wasn't until two years ago when I actually like made that decision that, and, and that was kind of forced, honestly, that was because COVID came along and because of the lockdowns, couldn't have people coming into my gym anymore. Um, so that one other thing that did was like free up time for me. Um, so that was, it was a pretty easy decision in that moment to go all in on the online thing. Um, and I like looking back at that now, like if I probably had have done that 12 months earlier, or even when the gym was still open, um, it could have potentially happened even sooner, but I just didn't, I, I, I guess I hadn't entertained the thought at that stage of not having a gym. I yeah. kind of always thought, kind of always thought I'd have the two, um, yeah. until I could, I couldn't have the two. <laughs> yeah. So you've, you've done, we'll talk a little bit about your offer more later, but you switch from 12 weeks, 350 to now you've got continuity, right? And so people are with you ongoing at different pricing. Yeah, that's right. It's a lot more personalized now. So I have like three different tiers and I've got like a, a, a low dollar, um, entry level product. That's, that's really affordable. 
that's like a group style program. And then I've got two um, personalized offers that are um, one's 375 a month, one's 600 a month. And they're like, yeah, fully personalized program. And that's just a per month, per month basis. So it's just ongoing. As long yep. as the client wants to stay on each month, they just um, keep keep going until they, they want to move on. Yeah, cool. Can you talk about um, content? So one of the things I remember speaking to you about it and um, you, I remember when you flipped the switch on content and, you know, we've talked about it a few different times and you've got such a cool niche because it's like ex- actually exciting stuff. Like there's motorbikes and there's lots of cool, I think anyway, right. But can you talk about how you flipped the switch on it? I know you're doing like tons of stuff now and video and it's opened up that other opportunities and these kinds of things. But when you started to, when you started to go, all right, I'm going to build online. I need marketing. I need to, I need to be creating awareness. What did you do and how did you think about that in your mind uh, at the time? Like, what did that actually look like in terms of how you're coming up with posts, how you're marketing? Cause uh, the people listening to this might not realize it, but you're not, your program isn't being sold per se with an inverted commas. You're very much magnetically marketing and then people are just clicking to sign up on the, on a very simple website. Like it's not a, it's not like the sales page is convincing people or something it's done through the story and through, through great marketing. Right. How did you create that? And how did you think about that at the time with the content? Yeah, so I think I was a little bit lucky in the respect, not lucky, but I'd I'd already built the habit of posting content consistently. Um, That was something that I just worked on from like when I started coaching people that that I just posted something every day, like no matter what, like I'd just get a post up, whether it was a tiny little post or a, a... a decent post. It was just, I just built that habit from the start. So then when I think it was that, when I came to that workshop with you in Newcastle, um, Mm. and you, you said, well, let's have a look at your Instagram page. Like at that time I still had the gym and I was like, obviously had the online, but because I, I was, so my content was very, um, it wasn't fully focused on the, the moto and the online stuff. I'd still like post stuff about my general pop clients, like my female clients that were doing something cool in the gym or something like that. Um, so, and I think that was, you said to me, Oh, let's have a look at your Instagram feed. And we opened it up and you're like, well, if someone opened this up, like, would they actually be able to tell that you coach moto guys? And like, they probably couldn't because there, I don't think there was a single, um, post that had a dirt bike in it, like just when you're looking at it, um, mm. there wasn't really that much stuff, like just straight away that actually related to dirt bikes. So that was a big, a big shift I made from that point, um, was just when I obviously decided that I wanted to go all in on the, the moto on, and my online program, I just stopped putting any content out that was like general pop or not related to dirt bikes. So I still had my clients in the gym that were training with me at that time. Um, but I didn't post any content that was not 
moto related so dirt. then i just flipped it so everything was related to dirt bikes um in some way yeah. so that was that was probably the biggest shift there can you can you talk about i know this is hyper specific but i think people will get some value from it can you talk about like actually what you post like like what you think about in terms of how do i come up with an idea um because what you're what you're really what i'm picking up from this is like there's you're just kind of doing it like you're you're not worried so much about the thing maybe but um i'd love you to just talk about that like what ideas do you come up with how how do you think about what you want to talk about um is it more educational is it like like where is it coming from and how you how long do you spend putting it together um just sort of a few of the nuts and bolts for it because if you're if you know if you're new to content if it's a brand new thing yeah or you're, you're wanting to get back into it um it's a big world you know yeah for sure so it's completely organic i don't i very very rarely plan anything out um in terms of like i'm gonna post this 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 and this on these days um uh like some like sometimes when i'm feeling like a lot more creative and i feel like i'm like sometimes i'll have like five ideas in my head for for posts then i might like write them down like, like just bank some ideas um but generally speaking like one big one is just questions from clients like that's obviously like a super easy one if i have a, a a client ask me a question then that's easy to sort of create um a piece of content around that and again like you you get there's like frequently asked questions that, that people will commonly ask so that's like a super simple one um then i guess like like i'm just obsessed with riding dirt bikes like i don't have any other interest like hobbies or sports or interests that i am into like so every time i'm like whenever i'm doing an exercise or anything and i'm training or like anything i'm thinking like how is this relating to what i'm doing on the bike so or like how can i communicate to people how this will help them on the bike or how can i communicate to people how their nutrition plan or their hydration um in the day leading up to a race is going to benefit them on race day like things like that like i'm just always constantly thinking um about little things that i'm doing and and how that carries over to improving myself on the dirt bike and then i'm trying to i guess communicate that um through the content um yeah and one thing like i do find that's much easier for me to do when i'm training my, consistently myself and riding my bike consistently myself as well um like i do have times where i don't get to ride as much or i don't get to train like we just went away for three weeks on the road um i still got to train and do stuff go for a run and things like that but i wasn't like i was a bit out of routine so honestly i felt like i struggled a little bit there with content through those three weeks when we're, we were away um still got content out but it just wasn't i didn't feel like it was as potentially as good as what it normally was but now we're back home in a routine i'm training every day i'm riding my bike and i find that's just 
again, like, because I'm, I'm putting everything into, into action myself and testing everything myself, I suppose that it's kind of easy for me to come up with content in that respect. I feel like. Yeah. I've seen you do some things too. I know this is getting into like gritty details, but where you'll do like a carousel and then I'll be like, oh, that's a cool carousel. And then about a week later, I'll see slide two from that same carousel go out as a standalone post. And then like three days later, I'll see slide four go out and then you'll turn that into a post. And so what you're really doing is even the plyometrics one you put up, because before this, I went and had a look what you've been doing. You put up a plyometrics. I'm pretty sure I've seen that sideways jump before and it performed quite well for you. And anyway, uh, you're, you're doubling up or you're leveraging ideas that work or you're, I don't know if it's recycling, but there's certainly like themes that come back or you're reusing things that work well. Are you more focused on getting stuff, just getting the system rolling, getting stuff out there? And is that what's driving you to do things like that? Um, versus like making sure every post is perfect and original and that kind of thing. Like how are you sort of thinking volume and recycling and, and sort of just systemizing this versus how much you care about the actual post, uh, if that makes sense? Yeah, for sure. So that was actually, you gave me that idea. I don't know if you remember, John, but you actually suggested that on one of our calls that I should I could rest like use a slide from a carousel as a standalone post so thanks to you for that one <laughs> um but yeah I have definitely done that and then yeah that po like you say that post I put up last night was kind of really the same post that I posted about that jump like three months ago but I just kind of made the clip different um and changed the caption um so yeah, like I definitely, like I say, it's like most of those posts take me like 15 minutes. I'm not spending like any astronomical, I'm thinking, I think about it a lot. Like most commonly I'd post them in the afternoon or the evening and I'll just have the idea kind of rolling around in my head throughout the day and then I'll just throw it together and, and post it up. But I guess at the beginning when... I was like when I just niched down on the Moto content, it was very easy at that time, like almost three years ago now, two and a half years ago, to have a different post every day for like a certain period of time. But you're going to get to that point where there's like you're going to run out of like completely new ideas. So, um, so yeah, like changing the way I deliver it. Um, and maybe, yeah, just taking a slide out of a carousel post um, and just changing the caption slightly. I've found that to be like super helpful and, and super, super beneficial. Um, and yeah, like sometimes it just changed, like you get way more interaction on one or the other sometimes. The other thing that you do is you use language that's really colloquial to the guys or the, the men and women that you train. So like you'll talk about uh, the, the, the language will be familiar. So you might talk about arm pump or you might talk about um, where you're on the foot pegs or something. And 
and or there'll be like slang that I, I actually won't understand some of it, which I love because I'm like, this is perfect because it's speaking to your people. Uh, the other thing you'll do is I've noticed you'll often position against things. So like people who use Swiss balls to try to train, um, you know, coordination or balance or something like that, instead of say doing single leg compound movements or plyometrics or something. And you'll kind of poke fun at the Swiss ball people, or you'll, you kind of have this, um, you know, there's a little bit of attitude coming through. Could you talk a little bit about, um, how you do that and how you, you know, it's sort of that, that familiar language and a little bit of us versus them attitude. Do you think about that often or is that just something that comes up naturally? Um, probably only comes up when I get triggered by some post I'll see someone else put up on Instagram. Um, yeah, like the language thing, I think like that's potentially one of my strengths is I just, I'm pretty authentic and I don't, I just like what I write in the copy is how I would say it mm. to someone in conversation. So that's, that is pretty much how I, I just how I do construct my copy. So, and I try and simplify it as much as I possibly can. Like that's, I guess my goal with it, if I'm trying to, it's especially like on an educational post, if I'm, I want people, I want it to be super simple so people can understand it. And I'm always trying to think of analogies that relate to our sport. Um, so that, that is something that I'm, I guess when I'm trying, yeah, when I'm putting copy together, I'm, that is what I'm thinking of is how can I potentially use an analogy that like someone that rides dirt bikes will understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Swiss ball thing is really just, it's because it's so rife in our sport, like our sport, there's, there's a whole, I guess, movement of people who despise strength training and, and think you shouldn't like, you shouldn't touch a barbell. Um, because if you're going to put on muscle, it's going to be detrimental to your performance and all these types of things. And they, they think because riding a dirt bike, because a dirt bike moves around that we need to do all our training on a, on a BOSU ball or something. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I guess subscribe to the complete opposite, I guess, training methodology than that. So, um, yeah, I try not to come across like two um what's the word like aggressive with that but i just try and like take the yeah take the piss out of them a little bit and again like say we'll explain my point of view and why i believe like this is this is mm. the way we do it and this is why because this gives us this carryover onto the bike yeah i i love it i think that if you can i think part of the whole process is finding out what you part of what you believe in is what you don't believe in, you know, and having a position I think is really cool. Um, <clears throat> so a couple things, one, and then we'll do questions. Uh, you've shared elements of your story into your content and into your business. I know you were featured in a magazine who wrote up about you and your story and every once in a while you'll share how long you've been coaching people or you'll share elements of your own race journey when you were younger, or you'll even share some of your riding that you're doing now, or you'll, you'll get the kids out on the bikes and stuff like that. So whether it's 
backstory or whether it's what what you're into and what you're doing more recently. Could you talk a little bit about, well, does anything, does anything come to mind for you for that? Is that something you've done consciously or do you, uh, have you found that's helpful at all? Or is that something that you, that you do on purpose? Um, again, I don't think, I think I did a lot more of that at the beginning, I think. Mm -hmm in my content, like sharing my story a lot more. I don't do it as much now, um, but I do. Yeah. Like honestly that those, those types of posts, when I do them, uh, I'll get like a lot of interaction out of them or people will message me and say, oh, that that's awesome. Like that, that happened to me or it's cool to know that, that, that you've been through that as well or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So it's, um, I think it's, it just helps. I don't know, like it's what's the word I'm looking for. Like just to share that, that the real side of, of where you're coming from. Um, I think it helps again, like it's probably going to deter some people, but the people that actually do, are like, like you say, like your biggest fans, it's going to make them a, even bigger fan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not, again, it's not something that I sort of focus on in the content, yeah. but sometimes it just pops up. Yeah. So another thing that I love is, and I've only got a couple more here, you do business on your terms, you know, you've got family, you've, you make sure I know that you spend time with the kids and you've got you know, time in the day that you, you like to finish up work or start work so that you can be there for the kids. And, you know, you guys just did a trip and the, you load up the big, the big caravan and drive around and do missions and stuff like that. And it's, you definitely get the feeling that you're not like slaving away to the business. Right. <clears throat> and I'm sure there's, there's lots of work and stuff going on as well, but you're still seemingly able to create a life that you really love and get out and do ride your bike and do lots of cool stuff and train still and, um, you know, have a pretty cool sort of existence alongside the business. Could you talk about how you've created that or has that taken work to get that balance? Because, you know, you, you're doing, you're doing pretty well in the business. Like how have you set that up and how do you think about, I guess, work-life balance or, or making sure that you still are doing what you want? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So, um, it's been a shitload of work, man, like in, in two, in two respects. And like one, firstly, is just like getting to the, the business to a point where it's actually successful and, and the revenue, like the cash flow is where it needs to be to support us. Um, and again, that's like, it's really only been like that for the last sort of 18 months. Um, like I said, like those first four or so years when I was working two or three jobs, we were like scraping the barrel. There was no family holidays going on then. Like I sold all of my stuff. I saw, I didn't even have a dirt bike then. I sold all, we had like five cars, sold all the cars and just bought like two cheap cars, like a $2,000 Ford Courier Ute that I drove around in for four years. Um, 
and I didn't even have a, have a dirt bike. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of hard work and a, I guess a lot of sacrifice really. Like we couldn't even afford to go on a family holiday for, for years, um, which was fine. Like we, it kind of taught me that you don't need to do that stuff um, for the, the kids to have fun and enjoy themselves either. But yeah, like that's, it's just been hard work really to get to that point. Whereas now that, yeah, I can kind of get all of my work done in sort of four or five hours in the morning and then have the afternoon to go and train or do what I want or go dirt bike riding. Um, and obviously, yeah, go on, go on trips with the family. Um, so that the other side of it is just me allowing myself to do that because I think like coming from where I came from as a tradie, like, like how many hours that you week of work is like, you you work a week is like your badge of honor it's like oh yeah i did a 60 hour week or a 70 hour week this week so you just like you get used to working from 6 a.m in the morning to, to six o'clock at night and i think that was so deeply ingrained in me that it took me a long time to be able to just you know what i can actually stop working at lunchtime if i want and go and do something for the afternoon <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to be working until dark every day, um, to, to succeed. Um, so that was a big, like, I guess a mental shift, which again, that's really only been in the last sort of 12 months or so that I've, I think allowed myself to do that. Um, yeah. and I've, I've still got to be like super onto myself with that and have some boundaries cause I do just tend to like, and again, now like it's, I kind of don't feel like it is work. Like I love what I do so much now and it, it's, it's, it is my passion. So it is kind of easy to do it 12 hours a day because it doesn't really feel like you're grinding it out. But again, I've just got to be onto myself with that and, and make sure I set some boundaries there. Yeah. Could you, there's, I have two more questions. And so if you guys are on here, um, you can start to, I didn't know whether you would be on the screen if you're listening to this or if you'd be in the chat, it's in the chat. So just start dropping questions in and we'll bring them up uh, and Ben will address them. So um, my first question, could you quickly run, run us through like, obviously it's not just, we've spoken a lot about content because you have what I would call a magnetic business. So you're not like, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to get you to do course of action and stuff like that but naturally you just attract people in and you don't typically do tons of calls to actions or, or much selling, but the story and the education and the marketing is doing so much sort of selling for you. Um, so we've spoken a lot about content because anyone who wants to use content to organically sell and do the marketing, it's a perfect, perfect conversation, but could you just quickly run through what else your business involves? Like obviously you're servicing clients and you're checking with them and programming, maybe just a couple of the other things that is involved in running the coaching business, especially as you're growing and you've got, you know, you got pro riders, like this is serious stuff. They're, they're trying to win them. Their livelihood depends on some of the work you do. How does that all look day to day? Yeah. So now I'm actually using the Trainerize app, which 
other people, other coaches may potentially be familiar with, but I've found that like super beneficial um, to actually be able to automate a lot of the stuff I do. So all the, the products, um, you can create your own products in there and automate the, like the process of someone making a purchase and being able to access their training program. Previously, I was using TrueCoach, which is great. Like it's really, it's awesome for programming. Like it's super easy to write someone's program in there, but there's like, you can't, well, I couldn't find a way to automate the process of a client actually purchasing and then getting access to their program. Like it was me entering email and doing all that, um, which again, that was fine when I only had 10 clients. Um, but when you start getting 40, 50, 60 clients, then that's, it takes a lot of time that yeah. you don't need to be need to be putting in. So yeah, finding that, and there may be others out there that do it, I'm not sure, but that's Trainerize is one that I've found. Um, and it also includes nutrition coaching. So you can, you can actually personalize people's nutrition coaching and it pops up in their workout calendar, like their macros, recipes, meal plans, all that stuff. Um, so before I had like a standalone, like a members website, which was um, through Teachable. So that was like yeah. costing me 1500 bucks a year. And I had like all this content in there, which I spent hours and hours recording and it was great. But um, I found like not everyone actually used it. Like some people did and they loved it and it was great. But this way I just have it all in one place. I don't have to have that separate um, website with the content. It's just all housed in the training app and they can access all of that the the pdf files and everything through there as well yeah cool um so yeah that's the big and just systemizing my programming that's something i've worked on a lot this year um is systemizing my programming so even though it's even for like my premium clients who are on a personalized program it's like streamlined how I can individualize their program for them. So um, it's, they're still getting a, a, like a fully individualized program that's individualized to their needs. But for me to provide it to them, um, again, like in the past, I'd like to start a program from scratch. Like if you signed up, I'd just start writing out your program yeah. from, from scratch. Whereas now I've systemized all that. So it's super simple for me to, give you a program that's still individualized to you, but um, I'm not writing it from scratch. It's I'm, I'm using like a, a template there or whatever that makes my life a lot easier. Yeah. Okay. We might go to questions. Uh, there's a couple that have come through, if that's okay with you. I've got another question that I've made, made a note of, um, like more of a mindset one, but <clears throat> Sebastian's yep. got a, um, so Sebastian's got a really cool question. He's in, over in Colombia doing uh, movement coach, movement coaching, very talented, um, incredibly talented movement coach. And he's wanting to build, so just a bit of context, he's wanting to build uh, an online, one of the offices he's wanting to build is an online um, program so that he's coaching people who want to learn movement online. And he's using... Uh, mostly Instagram at the moment for the content, which is looking really good. So the question that Sebastian is asking is how important do you think 
an in-person business is for jumping into a full online business. So how important is the in-person to go into the online or can you just go straight online? Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, for me personally, it was, um, I would say it was a must having the gym and cause that's how I learned how to coach people and, and communicate, I guess what I'm trying to, the, the, um, yeah, like the principle I'm trying to get them to apply, like, how do I communicate them? I guess that's the art of coaching, right? Like it's different. You can't just say the same thing to every person, every, like every person you need to kind of communicate it in a way that they're going to understand it. So that's the biggest thing I learned from having my gym was how to, how to coach people. Um, obviously I'm not coaching people in person now, um, through their workout, but I'm still coaching them like on their results and, and the challenges that they have that come up for them. So yeah, like, I don't know, maybe there's people out there that do go straight to being an online coach, but I, I think for me personally, like having the gym was definitely because of where I'd come from, like I was a tradie. So it was like, I had to learn how to coach people. I don't think I could have like just started an online business after being a tradie and it would have been successful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's, he's done, I'm, I'm, he's done a couple of years at least of, of teaching. Um, so I guess a similar thing, right? Like as long as you've got the, the skill set relative to right before you go online. Right. So like whether you own the facility or you've taught, taught previously, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. Okay, cool. So next question uh, from Andy is, um, I really like that you, I really like the point you made about creating boundaries to get the life balance right. I too love what I do and can work 25 hours a day if it was possible. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the tips uh, or what was your process to feel like you've got some kind of balance to achieve this. How long did it take? So I guess, how did you, cause you're productive, but you got boundaries. How long did that take? Uh, it can, can the answer be, it was a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I guess the, like one of the biggest things has been like this in the past six months has been like systemizing everything. Um, so I've made, and I think it's just a learning experience that I had to go through, like my own journey, like it was just learning how to, how to be more efficient at providing online coaching. Cause I've had like, there's plenty of strength and conditioning mentors out there that teach you how to program, but I, like, there's not that many out there that all that I know of anyway, that like, how do you actually provide the the back end and all of that. So I've had to figure all that out myself. Um, and I feel like now I've finally gotten it to a point just through trial and error that it, that it's actually a lot more efficient. So now I, I can get my work done, like for the most part in like four or five hours a day. Again, like I could still do more than that, 
but like the, just the bare bones of actually servicing my clients can be done in like four or five hours a day now. Um, so that's been a big thing. And then the other thing, like a massive shift for me again, was just not setting an alarm in the morning. So again, I've always been someone like I've gotten up or had an alarm go off like at 5am or earlier since I was 13. Um, so in the last sort of 12, maybe 18 months ago, it was, I just made the choice that I'm just not going to set an alarm in the morning. And if I need to sleep longer, if my body feels like it wants to sleep longer, I'll let it sleep longer. Um, obviously we've got kids, so sometimes they still wake up at five o'clock and you don't get to sleep in, but like other days I will sleep in till seven or seven 30. Um, and my day starts a little bit later potentially. And I'm okay with that now. Like before I would have thought, fuck, I've wasted half my day because I didn't get up, start working at five. Um, and that, again, that was just a little bit of a mindset shift for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're probably two things for me. The other thing, just making sure that I'm like the kids get home off the school bus at four. So I try like whether I'm done work or not, if I've still got stuff to do, I'm like, I'm not working when they get home so I can like hang out with them. Um, yeah. again, yeah, it's just kind of a little, a little boundary thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a learning process. Huh? What's the, um, what's the importance? There's another question. What's the importance of relationships in your industry? Like you have, and how have you used them? If, if at all, like, so we've talked about content, like blasting things out to the world. Um, but you're also like showing up at races, you're, you know, I know you've given talks to clubs and stuff like that. Like what's your mindset like around relationship building relative to content marketing? Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely a big part of it for sure. And that, that's what I was going to say, like a big part of like you mentioned before, it, it's my clients do kind of come to me magnetically or organically, but that a lot of them are referrals. Cause I guess our like off-road racing is such, is such a tight niche, like pretty like any major race that you go to in Australia, it's pretty much the same group of people that are there. So again, I was, I guess potentially a little bit lucky to have a couple of clients come on board with me a few years ago who are actually like really good riders and getting amazing results at the pro level in racing in Australia right now. So they talk to people at the races and they're like, yeah, you should chat to Ben. He can, he can help you out um, if you're struggling with something. So that has been a big part of it. Also running events, like there's been camps that I've run, like the training camps, um, which has been more sort of, bike related in terms of the coaching, like you're actually more working on, um, the skills on the bike at those, um, training camps that I've been, that I've ran in the past. So they're definitely like super valuable. Like whenever I've ran one of them, like I always get one or two clients out of them. Cause again, I think it's easy. People potentially have a perception of what you like over social media and then they get to meet you in person and speak to you. And again, like build that relationship. Um, which is definitely a positive thing. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, like now that we've been able to race again, um, 
that all the restrictions are kind of gone now, then that has been another big part of what I've been doing this year has just been going to the races. Even if I'm not racing myself, I still just go to the races and help out my clients. And again, I'm just, I'm there so people can see me in person in real life and come and have a chat and say g'day. And I'm not just some guy um, on social media sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've got two other questions. If you have any questions, anyone just drop them in the chat. Uh, even specifics It's good to hear Ben's, uh, context. He's basically done what a lot of people want to do in terms of the online coaching stuff and every process is different, right? But it's good just to hear your insights and what you've learned. So one question I have is on belief. When you, when you, you know, you've shared some challenges with me that have happened, popped up in the business, different things. And obviously the race season shut down in Australia for quite a while, which, you know, you forged, forged on and created opportunity for yourself. But, you know, how do you overcome belief? How do you work on belief for yourself? Belief that you can uh, continue that you know, you can forge on and overcome these things and, um, I guess have a strong mindset, you know, it's not, it wouldn't have been easy at the very beginning when, uh, you were working three jobs, right. Or each step of the way I can imagine there's been, there's been hurdles. Uh, I would guess, how do you do that? How do you think about it? How do you come back to, do you do any mindset work or do you do anything specifically to, I guess, double down and to get stronger and to um, power things up, you know, versus the other way. Yeah, for sure. I think is just being clear on the vision. Like what's, what's the long-term vision that's been honestly been the biggest thing. Um, and that was something I was lucky enough that when I very first decided to become a coach, that one of my mentors, that was like the first thing we did was like, so when we went to do like a um an internship it was like okay what do we actually want in like five years time what's what's the vision so yeah obviously that's evolved a little bit of course like i said at the start i didn't actually like at the very very start it wasn't the vision didn't actually include the moto thing that kind of evolved for me um but yeah, there's always been a vision there of what I'm actually trying to achieve. Um, so I'm, again, like I couldn't, wouldn't say that I'm being super stringent with doing it every single day, but like for a period of time there, it was every, like through that hard period where I was working three jobs a day, it was every morning I'd get up and I'd write it in my journal and I'd visualize it, practice my breath work every single morning without doubt. Um, whereas now uh, I'd probably, I don't do it like every single morning. I've gotten a little bit lazy with it, but it's still like, it's still what, what I come back to, um, is if I'm struggling or, um, like I, I truly feel like it's just, if there's a lack of motivation or something like that, it's just a lack of clarity on the vision. So maybe I need to come back and riff like refresh it and change it maybe like it's maybe it's it needs to um move on or it needs to change because something's happened but that's like that is what what i always come back to is just getting clearer 
on the vision. And yeah, like, cool. and as, as cliche as it sounds, like positive affirmation was a big, massive part of that at the start. Cause I like fully had that voice in the back of my head at the start, just telling me that I couldn't do it and it was never going to work. And even like people, like I remember like people, friends that we've had would be like, like, when are you going to get a normal job? Like when, when are you going to, well, like, when is enough going to be enough? Like how many years are you going to work three jobs before? And I just always remember being like, like, there's no fucking normal job. Like I'm not, this is like, just in my head, I always just believed it was going to work. It had to freaking work. I was never going to stop until it worked. So that wasn't that I guess I'm pretty, I am mentally strong in that respect. If I say I'm going to do something I'll do it. Like I won't give up on something. Um, but yeah, to, to come back to how I did that was just like the vision mostly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, another question from Seb. What are your thoughts on collabs, collaborations with other social media accounts for social media reach? Um, yeah. Do, do you think about reach and stuff like that much or like, like, or you just, no, post? no. So do you do collabs, collaborations or anything like that or? No, like I've actually just started uh, working with Chris Cameron, who, you know, the physio, like that's a, I guess a collaboration that I've just started, which is just like a, a he's a physio. So that's just a service I can provide my clients that um, if they become, if they get injured, which is can be common in our sport sometimes that I've got a physio that I can refer them to that I've got that I trust obviously. And I've got like a direct line of communication with. So I'm, I'm a part of the process of what has to happen in their injury rehab. Um, and we have spoken about doing a little bit of like, I guess, collaboration with content, but it's not something that I've done up to now, up until now. Um, yeah, I don't really like, honestly, the, my posts that get the biggest reach is just like a little video of someone riding their dirt bike. Like I've had a couple of them that would get like over a thousand likes and 25,000 views, which is massive for my reach. Um, whereas I might post a carousel, an educational carousel, and it might like get a hundred likes or something like that. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> just, yeah, just, it has just gone for it. Yeah, you do. I would say you share other people, you share the, um, you're sharing stuff, you're sharing your peers, you're sharing stuff in the industry. I guess that's not a collaboration, but it's a, it's a good energy, right? Like you're sharing other people's, uh, stuff that's linked that's linked to motocross and off-road. Yeah. Like on my stories, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Most, yeah. Yeah. I, on my stories, I definitely do. I like, yeah. If I see a post that I, think relates to what we, what we do. Um, or I agree with, like, I, like with the, what they're trying to say, I, I definitely yeah, share a lot of the stuff like that on my stories for sure. Absolutely. So out of 10, just to recap this stuff, cause I think it's just important. You started off, you had a simple offer. Originally it was 350 for 12 weeks or whatever. It's become even the continuity offer now it's fairly simple, right? 
in terms of like offer complexity, it's you got three different price points for different levels of service. So yeah, out of 10, how important is like, if you, if you have to, if you, if you have to choose one thing, is it content marketing? Like, are you posting every day out of like, in terms of your business overall? Like in terms of what I feel like in terms of important, you, yeah, like the drivers for your business, like what's the most important, obviously you've got existing clients and supporting them, but in terms of the lifeblood or, or how you've built what you've built, what are like the couple of things that are the most have been the most important for you? I guess the, the content thing would be the biggest for the USA market, which is that's, um, like I, I've got probably a dozen clients in the USA, um, which is not a massive amount. Um, and that's definitely somewhere where I'd like to grow my, my client base and my reach a little bit more. So I guess, yeah, obviously, cause they're not in Australia and they don't come to the races that I go to, like they don't see me, um, or know who I am. Like, so the content I feel like it's important, more important for that, for the USA. Um, and they're like, I guess the people outside of Australia. Um, but then, yeah, I think just like going, what I've been doing, going to the races and, and, and doing like competing in some races myself, I think has been, um, pretty important, not important, but it just, again, it like people get to see that you're a real person and, and talk to you. And, um, again, like build that sort of relationship thing that you're not just a guy behind yeah. a keyboard on social media. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love it. Anything else that you want to add? Thanks for being generous with your time and, and taking the questions. Is there anything else that you'd chip in? Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm just seeing who's in the, just go ahead. Yeah. Just, I guess just the basics. Yeah. Like st staying clear on the vision and just consistency is the biggest thing. Like I've had yeah times where I haven't had new clients come in for months and, but I still keep putting stuff out every day and, and servicing my clients. And then you might have a week where you get six. Um, it's kind of, it's a little bit like that with the online stuff. You never, I guess, really sure where the next person's going to come from, um, or when they're going to come. Um, but yeah, the more consistent you are, um, I feel like that's like the biggest two places my clients come from is either referrals and they obviously had some, like one of my clients has recommended me or two is they've been following me for years. Um, I very rarely like get someone message me and they say, oh, I just found your page the other day. Um, but that does happen occasionally, but it's pretty rare. Like generally they'll have been following me for three years um, or something like that. And they say, oh, I love your content and everything you're about. Um, it's time to get started. What, like, how do we start? What do I do? Yeah. Like it's not a sales call because they and that's the other thing. Like I don't really have, I don't sell on my sales calls. I don't have to like yeah. every time 
a client rings up, it's just like, yep, yeah, how do I get started? So. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you covered that. Okay. Well, that's it from us. Thank you so much. That's an hour. I uh, really appreciate it. I think this worked well. I'm pretty stoked with Circle and the little platform they've done here. It's very cool. Um, I'll put this one. I'm not sure when this one will go out. It won't be too long though. I think we're due for a guest one. So it'll be soon. Really appreciate your time, Ben. And um, just quickly, what's coming up for you or is there anything that exciting happening in your world that you want to share? Um, not too much, just training consistently again myself, which has been awesome. Um, and it's like pretty much in the peak of the racing season for moto right now. So that's the biggest thing at the moment. Like there's a lot of races on pretty much every second weekend for like the next three months. So even like I said, even though I'm not racing them, I still go to those races to support my clients and help them yeah. out on the race day. So that's really, yeah, the biggest thing at the moment is just getting to all of those races and, and helping out my clients. Yeah, beautiful. Well, in the podcast show notes, I'll have your details. Uh, if you guys are in the chat here, you can go find Ben uh, Offroad. Is it Offroad Performance Coach still or is it at Ben Greenwood? Yep. Offered yeah, offered yeah yeah and um check out his content look at what he's doing and uh i'm sure if you reach out and, and connect with him in circle or on instagram or whatever he'd uh, love to connect as well and that's it from us thank you so much thank you ben thank you man appreciate you having me on yeah thanks so much see you soon thank you bye-bye